No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Lord tells Ezekiel to prophesy against the king of Tyre. Because his heart was lifted up as a god, he would be cast down. This echoes the fall of Satan. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Ezekiel chapter 28 on Simply the Bible. Sometimes in the Bible, we come to something that has multiple meanings. A prophecy can have an immediate fulfillment and a long-range fulfillment. In the case of Ezekiel 28, we have both an earthly reference and a heavenly reference. The first 10 verses are addressed to the prince of Tyre, who was an earthly king. But verses 11 through 19 are directed toward the king of Tyre, who is obviously a different person and an extraterrestrial. We continue in Ezekiel chapter 28. The word of the Lord came to me again, saying, Son of man, say to the prince of Tyre, Thus says the Lord God, Because your heart is lifted up, and you say, I am a God. I sit in the seat of gods in the midst of the seas. Yet you are a man and not a God, though you set your heart as the heart of a God. Behold, you are wiser than Daniel. There is no secret that can be hidden from you. Now, God here is speaking to this prince of Tyre, who was an earthly ruler. He was Ethbaal III, who ruled from 591 to 590 BC, and then again from 573 to 572 BC. He said, your heart is lifted up. And this was his big problem, is that he was very successful as a ruler, but he was lifted up in pride, and he said, I am a god. Evidently, he thought himself to be a god, as, as many worldly rulers have done in wanting to be worshipped as a god. Uh, that's what he did. And so God says, you are a man. You're not a god, you're a man. And then God uses some irony here, saying that you are wiser than Daniel. There's no secret that can be hidden from you. Now, Daniel was a contemporary of Ezekiel. Daniel was serving in the court of Nebuchadnezzar while Ezekiel was a prophet among the Babylonian captives. But of course, Daniel, his claim to fame was when he interpreted the dream of King Nebuchadnezzar, and there was no secret really that was hidden from him. But of course, Daniel gave the glory to God in that. But this man says, oh yeah, there's no secret that's hidden from me. I am all powerful, all wise. I am a God. And God says, no, you're not. With your wisdom and your understanding, you've gained riches for yourself and gathered gold and silver in your treasuries. By your great wisdom in trade, you have increased your riches and your heart is lifted up because of your riches. So the guy had wisdom. He was skilled in what he did. Of course, Tyre was a commercial center and did trade with many of the nations around the Mediterranean. They had two seaports and he had gained much wealth, which in and of itself would be okay if he did it honestly. But the problem was, is that his increase in wealth went to his head. Verse six, therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have set your heart as the heart of a God, behold, therefore, I will bring strangers against you the most terrible of the nations, and they shall draw their swords against the beauty of your wisdom and defile your splendor. They shall throw you down into the pit 
and you shall die the death of the slain in the midst of the seas. God said, I will bring strangers against you. This would be fulfilled in King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon coming against Tyre. And Nebuchadnezzar would depose this particular king. And God said, they shall throw you down into the pit. Now, earlier in the previous chapter, we saw that God was speaking of Tyre sinking like a ship in the sea, that God was going to bring judgment against it. Uh, But now here he is bringing judgment against the ruler and saying that they will throw you down and you'll die like the slain who have been cast into the midst of the seas, into a, a watery grave. Will you still say before him who slays you, I am a God, but you shall be a man and not a God in the hand of him who slays you. You shall die the death of the uncircumcised by the hand of aliens, for I have spoken, says the Lord God. Now, if he was in fact a God, then how would he be defeated by Nebuchadnezzar? How could he say to the one who was slain him, I am a God, and God was going to bring him down, which of course God does to the proud. God says, you shall die the death of the uncircumcised, meaning that rather than having the protection of the Lord or the deliverance of the Lord, he would die as any pagan would without God's protection. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Now in verse 11 here, we see there is a shift because now the word comes to Ezekiel a second time here. And he says, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre. Ezekiel uses the title king rather than prince, a title that he does not often use because most of the kings of Judah, Ezekiel referred to as princes. So it is significant here that Ezekiel calls this person the king of Tyre, and it indicates someone who wields more power than Ethbaal III. Now God says, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. This is speaking of somebody that could not be a human because there are no perfect people. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. Uh, This person was in Eden, and it becomes very clear that the king of Tyre is speaking of Satan. He is the power behind the prince of Tyre. Now, the Bible tells us that if we are not saved and brought under the power of God through Jesus Christ, then we are under the power of Satan, who is called the prince of the power of the air. He is the ruler of this world, and no doubt he is the power behind the power people of this world. And that is what is seen here. We are looking at Satan as he was when God created him. He was covered here with precious stones and nine of the 12 stones that were in the breastplate of the high priest are mentioned here. He also had timbrels and pipes, which would speak of musical instruments. And so there are some who believe that Satan was a worship leader in heaven. 
uh, clearly it would help explain why so much of his music is so powerful uh, that Satan uses music really as, as something very influential uh, to deceive people. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. So God says you were the anointed cherub who covers or who shields or defends. Now the cherubim were sort of an elite class of heavenly beings. And so Satan was one of them. Don't think of Satan as being the opposite of God, by the way. If anything, he was an opposite of Michael, the archangel, but he was anointed and had a very high place in heaven. God said you were on the holy mountain of God, meaning that he had this exalted status. You walked among the fiery stones. Now, commentators don't agree on what the fiery stones represent, but this description would seem to indicate that before Satan fell, he had free access into the most holy place before God. You were perfect from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. Now, what was this iniquity that was found in Satan? Uh, We know from Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. And so we see that really the sin by which Lucifer fell was the sin of pride, desiring to be as God. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. And I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom For the sake of your splendor, I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. So not only was it pride, but we see here that he became filled with violence within. It was what was in his heart seeking really to violate the commandments of God. And that's where sin always begins is in the heart. And so God said, I cast you out of the mountain of God. Now, Satan's judgment does not occur all at once. First, God expelled him from the mountain of God. He was cast down from the government in heaven. Jesus refers to this in Luke 10, 18, when he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. But then God says, I destroyed you, O covering cherub. Now, the Lord speaks of this as if it had already occurred. But of course, God dwelling in eternity can do this and does do it often as he speaks of prophetic events. Because for God, the fact that it will occur is a done deal, even though it hasn't yet occurred. We know from the books of Job and Zechariah that Satan still has access to heaven, where he accuses the saints before God. However, during the tribulation, he will be cast from heaven and restricted to the earth. God said, you corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. That's a trap that many world leaders can fall into. They become intoxicated with their own success and for the sake of their own pride and glory, 
they become corrupted. God then says, I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. Now this describes Satan's ultimate judgment at the end of the great tribulation when Jesus returns to the earth. Satan will be bound and cast into the bottomless pit for a thousand years and then he will be released for a short time to deceive the nations. But after this, he will be cast into the lake of fire forever. Verse 18, you defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst. It devoured you and I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. All who knew you among the peoples are astonished at you. You have become a horror and shall be no more forever. It says here that Satan was defiled also by the iniquity or dishonesty of his trading. Now, how could he do that in heaven? The Hebrew word can also mean simply to make a profit. Obviously, Satan did have profound influence in heaven because he took a third of the angels with him in his rebellion. So God says, I brought fire that devoured you, speaking of ultimate judgment, and all who knew you are astonished at you. They will gaze at him and say, is this the man who deceived the nations? And of course, all of this will occur when he finally is bound and cast in the bottomless pit and then later cast into Gehenna, the lake of fire. All of this should be a warning to us that if God does use us and he gives us a measure of success, don't let it go to your head. Realize you're just a man. <laughs> you're a woman, a sinner saved by grace. If God uses us, that's wonderful. Give God the glory. But always remember to give God the glory. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast and please leave us a review. It helps a lot. Tomorrow we will see where the Lord pronounces judgment on Sidon and Egypt. Egypt would become desolate for 40 years, but God would bring Israel back into her own land. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Ezekiel on Simply the Bible.